Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out I'm used to rainstorms, like, where I grew up, but, like, out here, it's almost like this place wasn't meant for it, which I guess... it's a desert. Makes a lot yes. of sense. <laughs> it's the fucking desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's literally but not meant But the for one it. thing I always ask friends, because whenever it rains out here, like, whenever there's a bad storm, not only, like, the mudslides and just everything is just kind of out of whack, but it leaks everywhere I've ever lived or, or been out here. It leaks. It doesn't matter how nice the place is or how shitty the place is. It's like, they don't know how to build roofs out here because it never rains. It's yeah. Like, still, I'm sure. Isn't roof are, building kind well, of the same what, everywhere? When you have to prepare the for materials. the winter and snowpack and like, it has to be there. There's a different um, level of uh, execution. I'm sure too. Well, you just of, don't know what you don't get to test it too often is the problem. Yeah. It's like building. It a only boat, shows up in the water. Yeah. Right. But to be fair, you have leaks in other places, too. They just get addressed more quickly because they're diagnosed sooner. Everything out here. I mean, even in the valley, like, when it rains pretty hard, all the streets are rivers because the drainage isn't – there's not enough drainage out there. Like, it's, it's amazing. It's not, it's not up to par. <laughs> no, it's, it's insane, man. The streets just flood. The leak I had was not from the roof. It was from the water pressure outside around the front house is actually pushing – the Jesus. water was coming from under the toilet because I woke up at, like, 8.30 a.m., <laughs> And like the, the calls was, coming from inside the house. Exactly, calls from coming from under the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh. And like there was fucking water coming out from under the toilet, and I was like, I don't. This is because I know basics of plumbing. I'm like, this the knob is not cutting this shit off. Like I and like it was coming in, and I, I fucking flipped, and I was like trying to call the Venice Water Department and all this shit. And this I called. She's Venice Water. I was like, you need get, you gotta cut the water off. Whatever. She's like, where are you? When I gave her the address, and she's like, I don't know if we service that. And I was like, you just gotta fix it. And then the <laughs> landlord called me. You do right, and the landlord called me. And then like the next day, that lady called back. She's like, okay, I don't know if you realize you were calling Venice, Florida. Oh boy. And I was like. Oh, that would explain why I might not be in your jurisdiction. (laughs) I was just like, I was so stressed. Usually that means that the seal has broken. That's a good call, but actually the the plumber guy came out and said it was a pressure thing from the front house. That's insane. What do you do actually Um, if it is just a broken seal? Like, How do you cut that? Do you have to cut it off from the road? Well, there's a shutoff coming from the road, which is the main, which would probably service the house and the guest house in that case. But uh, a lot of houses have a separate, like, easier shutoff. I need to find Um, out. (laughs) But a lot of them don't. So, but yeah, you should always know where your water shutoff is. Just because, like, if a pipe busts, you can go shut the water off. Here, we're we're Um, all about home uh, protection here. Yeah, this this week on Tool Time. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Pod yeah. gave tools yeah. to you, <laughs> which is what we're tools doing. gave rock. <laughs> Instead of tool time, we should call it tools time. Like this is our own time <laughs> tools to be tools. Time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, moving on from the tool tools time section, and actually maybe continuing the tools time section. Let's keep it topical. Talk about rain in rock and roll. So. Whenever it rains, there is a specific song that just pops into my head that I'm going to be singing mm-hmm. for most of the day. And it Which is yeah. Tina Turner's I Can't... St- it's Tina Turner's I Can't Stand the Rain. Huh. I, 
it, but it's just the, it's just like I can't stand the rain. I'll just walk around and that's just in a loop. In is my this head. early Tina or is this big hair Tina? This big, um, yeah, this big hair Tina. This is this was on the time. Uh, I was gonna say Tiny Dancer album, but uh, Private Dancer album in the eighties. <laughs> oh, Private Dancer. You don't know that song? I know Private Dancer. You don't know? I can't stand the rain. I don't know if I know my it. window. No. That Doesn't sounds like rain. you're singing Blame It on the Rain. <laughs> Blame it on the rain. So, so when it rains, are you telling me that you think of Millie Vanilli's Blame It on the Rain, John? No, when you sing Tina Turner, I think of Millie Vanilli is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, do you, what would you think about with rain in the title uh, or when well, it's raining outside? What, well, what song comes to mind? When it's raining like it, like it was here, you know, this, I think of Buckets of Rain by Bob Dylan. Buckets of rain. Oh, you ch- oh nice. You don't know that one? That's no, I know it, but that's my least favorite rain Bob Dylan song. What's your other? Oh, oh, like, hard rain and rainy day women. Right, <laughs> rainy day women. You could argue <laughs> has nothing to do with rain. I don't know what it has to do with rainy day women. But it's but, uh, it's such an odd I like title. hard rain. Hard rain's a little like it's very aggressive, like thematically. Like it's, yeah. I feel like I'm yeah. I'm not doing good enough when I hear that one. <laughs> I like, I like. Um, yeah, yeah. Buckets, song. buckets of rain pertains more to like it's raining outside. I could see that. It's got more of a rainy day One vibe. That, uh, I've been listening to a lot just lately. Um, I think it was when we did the Beatles. I had a new fascination with fixing a hole. I love that song. Now I listen to it like once a week. Oh yeah, that's a great rain song. It's just so underrated. I love it. Another song that kind of almost feels like rain too, oddly, is uh, Zeppelin's "Fool the Bum 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 Bum." Oh yeah. Oh, I thought in the rain. I thought you were definitely gonna say "Rain Song" by Zeppelin. I like "Fool well, in the Rain" that's, better. I think. Fool, yeah, "Fool in the Rain's just got a real. It's almost like a. It's raining outside, but like I'm just rolling with it. But it gets into it's not getting me down. It gets like tango line shit at the end, which is great. Yeah, yeah, you're just at home like dancing around. Yeah, the whistle was pre pre Van Halen whistle. <laughs> I would I, I will take the rain song I think over Fool of the Rain though I, I, I will, Zeppelin wise one thing I always uh, <laughs> admired was how Credence had two kind of hit songs about rain have you ever seen the rain who will stop the rain it's like oh uh, yeah they kind of they, even though they they kind of blend together for me and they do but have not, you have you ever is much better I think Absolutely. Yeah. Who'll Stop the Rain? Almost, I don't know which one came first, but Who'll Stop the Rain seems like a song they wrote. No, we can write a better song Who's with Rain. Like- <laughs> and they're like, we can do better. And then they said, have you ever seen the rain? And they're like, they is there any way to... called Who'll Stop the Rain and people would be like, have you ever seen Who'll Stop the Rain? <laughs> that, would be their, that would be their commercial. <laughs> that's the biopic. <laughs> I'm going to go... Uh, uh, that's good. This is probably the most fucking melodramatic and like you're down in the dumps getting rained on on <laughs> But it's a great song. Raining in Baltimore by the Counting Crows is a fucking incredible song. It's just... I don't even know it. It's and just I'm not vocal and piano. Piano. Not the Rain King? Not the Rain King, which is also... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, oh, my goodness. No. He's, he's, the, he's the Rain King and it's raining in Baltimore? <laughs> but the one doesn't, have the one doesn't counteract the other. Like, you can be the king and it can be raining in Baltimore. You can be the king and it can be raining in Baltimore. You can be the rain king while it's raining in Baltimore. In a rainy Baltimore. <laughs> but you can't let me the rain king at from the same Baltimore, time. I think is. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm in a sad mood on a rainy day, I'm going to probably throw it, go with uh, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Oh, really nice. Else. That's a good one. It's got, it's, got a, it's got a good vibe for a rainy day. If you're like looking out the window, thinking about somebody, it's, it's, a, it's a good one. You know a fucking mind-blowing Willie Nelson like songwriting fact? That he did not what? write Redheaded Stranger. 
Oh, you know what? I, I feel like I've heard that before. Who wrote it? I don't know. But uh, it's not Willie Nelson. It's just <laughs> mind blowing. How did Willie Nelson not write "Redheaded Stranger"? Yeah, that that is that is wild. Ne- Neil, do you have another another song? Yes. You um. Yeah. Uh, throw out about rain. An artist we've talked about before, old Gordy Lightfoot. Uh, early morning rain. <laughs> Gordy Lightfoot. <laughs> early morning rain. It's a really good song. I um actually ha- made a mix titled after that, kind of just on Spotify, just all Americana, kind of old school AM radio white dudes. That's the mix. If you're interested. <laughs> well, with that fucking selling point, how can I say no? Oh I'm in. Oh, no, okay, so so quick side note: uh, "Redhead Strangers" was written in the '50s by Edith Lindemann Kalish and Carl Stutz. What color was their hair? Uh, no pictures on this thing. Okay, so I I, I cannot say, but I'm gonna guess blonde, one of blonde. them had red hair. Hopefully, another rain song, like a, a funnier version of what we're talking about, would be "Mandolin Rain" by Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. Oh my god. That sounds like a fucking shampoo. I mean, it's a good song. <laughs> Mandolin Rain now with conditioner. I mean, it's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have this funny stuff. A friend of mine told me this funny story about Mandolin Rain where he was like, yeah, I was in college, thinking Mississippi State. And he was like, we were staying up late partying and just had this CD on repeat. At, a certain, at like five in the morning, we get a knock on the door and this and I answer it. And this cop is like, yo, this is my neighborhood tonight. I've been sitting at the end of the street. If I hear mandolin rain one more fucking time, I'm taking you all to jail. It's like, how, what, what law are we breaking here, officer? Like, what? Yeah, I mean, the, if, if that the, were to the, happen the, and a cop came to your door, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. I, I'm going to throw it out there. I can't believe y'all, because I have another one I was going to bring up, but... I, I'm afraid you guys are not going to bring it up. I thought for sure somebody would say it by now. No rain by Blind Melon. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was one. on my list. Uh, yeah, it's a great. But one. I got one. I got one. I, it's maybe even a little more slightly off the beaten path. Um, I love a rainy night by Eddie Rabbit. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. That's a fantastic song. I'm not sure I know love that. Love a rainy night. You heard it. You, you know that. Song. Love a rainy night. Well, <laughs> on that note, thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And this week we are discussing a song that hopefully everyone has heard. Uh, it is Mercy, Mercy Me from Marvin Gaye's 1971 album, What's Going On? Written and produced by Marvin Gaye and released on Tamla. This is one of my faves. My mom had this album, and I used to listen to it constantly when I was younger. Marvin Gaye and Pink Floyd were the two artists that I listened to the most in my formative years. I don't know why. They're definitely not in any way similar. But this song and What's Happening, Brother, are my two favorite songs by Marvin Gaye. This song in particular, just the musical bed of R&B and the non-traditional structure of the song, (laughs) <laughs> laid back vibe and like his lyric which you know i mean when i was that age i definitely didn't know what it was about i just loved the mercy mercy me and i love the fact that it was called the ecology even though i had no idea what that meant uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the time but just you know and, and then just fact learning as i got older that it was about the state of the environment and what we were doing to it and the world in general it, this song i think it, it would be relevant in any time 
mm-hmm. anywhere in any civil. It's similar to like Into the Mystic in that sense for me. That I, I feel like you could play this for any human being who's ever existed, and they'd be like, uh huh. Yeah, I mean, Marvin can do no wrong in my book. Like, I love everything he does. I've always loved this song, but I didn't know until I listened to it just how much it was about the environment and just just how terrible of a picture he was painting. Um, I didn't even know the ecology was part of the title. And then I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, okay, I I get it. You know, I often bring up that I don't listen to a lot of lyrics. It's weird. I'm more of a, like, I heard Mercy, Mercy Me and No More Blue Skies. I'm like, I get it. Let's go. <laughs> Done. Uh, even just the phrase "mercy, mercy me," just he he makes like us shitting on the planet sound groovy as shit. Is there a cooler man who's who's existed Maybe in not. the last fifty years? He makes fucking beards cool. He makes fucking the national anthem cool. He makes fucking everything. I mean, so it's like what he makes fucking us fucking the environment up cool. This should be. It just shows you how absent-minded or whatnot the far left is this should be every environmental fucking song ever like it's just like it makes yeah right like this shit makes deforestation sexy and like that's what you need (laughs) to sell it right you do but just he almost made it too funky and sexy because like it took me 40 years to figure out what it was about (laughs) yeah yeah it's almost if you think about it like give peace a chance probably came out around the same time as this and give peace a chance just kind of like some people listen to that for the most part and they're just like whatever lennon take your communist bullshit elsewhere they listen to this and they're like oh mercy mercy me this is like give me a piece (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is like at the same time i think it applies because like it's it's contemplative and it's sophisticated and it's not like he's it's very easy to get there again into the platitudes into the cliche with this and and granted this is earlier but the fact that like you know he's thinking about these things ahead of time it just goes to show you his foresight his his awareness of of matters and you know even matters that transcend race or civil rights which is obviously very prevalent at the time too he's stepping outside of things that are even directly impacted, which shows that he's unselfish or he's un self serving. Like it's tra- trans, it's like humanity. Like this song is nothing but pure humanity. I- I've just been thinking lately, there's like about three things to look at when it comes to songs or, or music. It is how good is the performance? How good is the writing? How good is the content? In terms of like the yeah. message, the narrative. And I mean, it's just, they're all fucking fantastic in this song. It's just all yeah. tens across the board. You can kind of say what you just said about what's going on in general, the album. I mean, it, it, it's basically an album about... The whole thing. You know, I mean, he's a black man in the 70s who has been in the music industry since, I think, 57. I think he started in, like, 57, 58. And, you know, that album and every song on this is about people and, organ, as the ecology would say, organisms being affected by how organ, other organisms treat them. And, like, the greed and the selfishness of humanity to put us in this situation. This is 1971. I mean, like, we're dealing with climate change now, but this is like... Some of us are dealing with it. <laughs> to, well, some of us are acknowledging it, but he's talking about this shit 40 fucking years... No, 50 years ago. 50 yeah. fucking years ago. Yeah. He's talking about this shit in a an amazing pop song. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, or R&B song or soul or whatever. I mean, this song can it, it kind of transcends genre in it my does. mind, even though it's pretty R&B and soulful. Yeah, right? and he was kind of quoted saying when he wrote it, he wanted to be an impeccable warrior, like with 
no need for earthly things such as wine, women, clothes, and diamonds. And just trying to like, trying to just he really. He didn't say cocaine. <laughs> he just got bored of all those things is all it is. He just already had enough to it. He's like, I'm good. Let's save the earth. Oil wasted on the oceans and upon fish full of mercury. Or he wrote this album and this song and wanted to release it, and Barry Gordy didn't know. They had to explain what ecology was to him, and he was just like, "I don't want politics in songs. People don't want to hear about politics and music." And he, and so they released it on instead of releasing it on Motown, they released it on uh, Tamla, the like subsidiary. That's an old school thing because like when Hank Williams wanted to do like hardcore Christian shit, they wouldn't let him release it under Hank Williams it was called Luke the Drifter so like that's that's happened before like he got like his hardcore mm-hmm, preaching mm-hmm. cautionary tales about drinking and boozing like they wouldn't release it as Hank but but it's so funny that someone would be like now nah, don't sing about saving the planet like come on like, but it, people like that they, they you know they're hit makers they just know like I'm just here to fucking make hits and make money and and but the, the fact that he had the cachet to go and do that and that this song and not only like for me it was li- li- moving past the lyric for just a second and the content of the song. For me, it was just always about a feeling. Like, I didn't really know what mercy, mercy, mercy was like a, a, a phrase used in the South by older women, like mm-hmm. in my experience, whether they be black or white, that it was just, oh, mercy, mercy on me, Father. And like, Lord, Lord, mer- oh, Lord have mercy, is. you know, like, oh, me. Yeah. But so it was just a feeling and it was just very familiar and it resonated with, with young me. <laughs> and I don't know if there's been a, a vocalist who has a smoother vocal than him. I'm not saying he's my favorite vocalist, but it's so smooth. But you are that, saying you're no longer young, you know, which I'm glad to hear finally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes we just got to give in. Sometimes it slips out. Like It's almost like Marley, where it transcends genre or... Yeah age or ethnicity mm-hmm. and it's there again it's just like the humanity of it all and it's and it's and it's like it's almost like you can't imagine this song or the sentiment of the song being expressed without someone shaking their head like longingly just kind of like looking well, at yeah. it like fuck like god and it's like we all know it and even the way he's delivering mercy mercy me it's almost like he's shaking his head like mercy mercy me what the fuck exactly are you, you can't it, 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 it has like the like a lament or the regret of like someone who's like abusing drugs and they're doing something they're like god damn it i know i shouldn't be doing this and so it has like a we're consciously doing things that we know better than we should be doing it's like we know we're not doing the right thing here and it's also like what people are dealing with now where you're like god climate change is gonna fuck everything but then like you're still driving but he's talking for humanity whereas and now you but know, the first sentiment is recognizing things are out of order right it's recognizing that okay, you because before you fix any situation, you have to recognize it needs to be fixed, and he's just kind of bringing that yeah. into popular thought, which is, yeah. you know, and yeah, we yeah. all drive because like no one person can change like fucking the course of civilization, but it's like he's at least bringing it into the consciousness in a way that I've I like you know I'll sit around singing I'm not a girl not get a woman because the song's good enough. And like you know, so if the song's good enough, you'll just be repeating the lyrics, and it'll bake into your mind, and that's kind of what he's doing here. This was fifty years ago, and how, like people still like tons of people still don't give a shit it, because it's not tangible, and now yeah. it's becoming more, more and more tangible but it's as much, the years go much by. Much more mainstream now than it like it's. Yeah, yeah, but at, at actually, oddly enough, at this time in the seventies, some of the best-selling books 
in, in, in the world were about overpopulation and destroying the planet. This is basically when environmentalism was kind of starting, but unfortunately, once inflation hit in the 70s, people didn't give a shit about environmentalism. They wanted their gas prices to go down, yeah. which actually could fuck us again right now, but we, we, this isn't a political Our podcast. Senior, All right, Barry Gordy. Let, let's, move past, <laughs> let's move past the content, but first, um, Jonathan, what's your favorite line in the song? I mean, I think the thing that really ties it together the most succinctly is things ain't what they used to be. Now you can, and here's the thing: oftentimes that kind of line is used as a curmudgeonly old person. Yes, but this isn't that. This is like we're going off course. Absolutely, and I always interpreted it as that. Yeah. Until a certain point when I read the lyric, and I was like, "Oh, he's kind of setting you up." To kind of give you a little, mm-hmm. you know, run around. He's like, oh, you think this is like an old person from the South who doesn't want anything to change. But now I'm mm-hmm. telling you. But actually, he wants things to up. stay the yeah, way yeah. they always have been. Which at least in terms of the environment. Like, Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Want, I want things to go back to how they used to be mm-hmm. before industrialization. <laughs> exactly. <I'm just> speaking. <laughs> Neil, do you have a favorite line? I mean, it's just mercy, mercy me. As good as this song is, is it, it wouldn't be as great without that. Lyrically, like just from a lyrical content, the what about this overcrowded land? How much more abuse from man can she stand? That's very verbose and it doesn't feel like that way at all. And that will segue into the next little section of this song I want to talk about, which is the vocal and his delivery, which, again, as I said earlier, not my favorite vocal, but so smooth and so effortless. I, mean, I think the thing is, like, you know, when you hear Otis Red or just some of his contemporaries, Otis Redding, Sam Cooke, it, it feels like they're working for it. I mean, they sound amazing. Well, it's, a different, it's a different singing. Right. But Marvin Gaye just sounds so effortless in yeah. everything he's doing. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah, and in every layer. Like, there's a bunch of layers of him doing all kinds of stuff. It's so laid back. That's the vibe of the song, though. The song is, like, very daydreamy. Like, it's, like, it's more contemplative Mm -hmm. than most Sam Cooke. That's true, but I I, I feel he's laid back. I I mean, I always feel that way about him when he's singing. But, like, ain't him out in high enough He's a little more belty. Mm, Yeah, I mean, when you're going just straight pop, I'm talking about, like, sexual healing even, you know, even what's going on. Well, he kind of slants, especially that later stuff. It slants seductive. Right, whereas like <laughs> Sam Cooke is like Man, more of the church and belting it out, like like he's trying to talk to people in the back row. True, it, it's so funny listening to the album today and this song all week. The harm, the backup vocals throughout the song until the very very end sound in this whole album kind of sounds like that. It sounds like he is walking through his neighborhood in every song. Or it does a, sound like, sounds like right. That. Yeah. On what's going on, it yeah, does. Yeah. And a lot of the other songs on what's going on, there's like people talking like, hey, man, what's going on? What's going yeah. on? Hey, hey, what's happening? And then this song, they're just like, Ooh. but they're, they're, they're so oddly mixed that mm-hmm. it still sounds like it's just people kind of singing around him as he's walking. It's almost like he left the city for a second and he's still on concrete, but he's looking out at like mm-hmm. green, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and it's just like the wind whistling or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I see that picture. Like, when I listen to that song, I see what you're painting there. Just walking through almost like an empty street, almost on a fall day, kind of. 
the Andantes, who were a Motown backup band, are doing the backup nice. harmonies with him on this song. He produced this song, actually, as well. Mm-hmm. I just realized you're dressed like Marvin Gaye. It took me fucking three hours to see the Marvin Gayness in you. With with the with the beanie and the beard, yeah. but Marvin Marvin never wore the glasses. So yeah, I mean that's exactly that's the main reason you don't look like Marvin Gaye is the glasses <laughs> is the main thing that throws it off. Um, yeah, I mean it sounds like like a daydream and just like just sitting yes, there thinking about great. very very big picture shit. You don't have direct control over, it. and I think. And I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but I think part of what you're hearing here is that, like, until the Industrial Revolution, like, mankind never had the chance to fuck shit up on this scale. And suddenly for the past 70 or 80 years, like, uh, as where this... And and population Right, just go hand in hand. This is like, think about, this is, what, maybe 80 years after the Industrial Revolution, roughly 90 years, somewhere there, a couple, a generation or two. And it's kind of like, like, oh, this is like him trying to be like, wait a minute bigger isn't necessarily better and it's like it's like you hear like a human being wrestling with how do i protect like you know the earth but yet still be who i am because i mean clearly he like i said he did more drugs and had more cars and all that shit than you know all three of us put together so it's like it's not exactly he's like you know working for greenpeace and but it's just a whole it's like humankind wrestling with itself like in a beautiful way i mean and like that's what art is right yeah and but what do you think about his vocal in general just it's oh, that's it's what good. oh that's it's, it's, a, it's a, all that it's it's all the complexity of contemplation and concern but also not because he's not presenting any opera he's not giving us any solutions he's just like that's where all the difficulty comes in and so you hear all that in there where it just comes into mercy because mercy, he's not pointing any fingers He's not saying they're doing it. It's very we, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't trust anybody who says mm-hmm. they. If you can't mm-hmm. find your partner problem, then you're the fucking problem. And the fact that he's like <laughs> n- not pointing fingers, he's not even judging anybody. It's just very observational that that all comes out and in his delivery. It's, it's observational, but also introspective because mercy, mercy, well, that's me. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what I'm saying. So, and, and so those two, and all that comes out and that just because the, the, the delivery is sometimes like energetic and almost depressed. Because it's energizing, yeah. but it's yeah. also like, I don't know what to do with it. But observ- observational is the way to put it, because he's so laid back in the delivery that it's almost like, I'm just looking at this because shit. Because what like, else can you do, really? It's so big, you can't, he can't, yeah. even Marvin Gaye can't go change it. So let's let's move to the music a little bit. I think we've yeah. we've hammered out all the all the the meaning in the song that we're gonna hammer out. Now, my favorite part of the song is the outro. I just so ominous, but it's not ominous until the very end. Like that, it, it like works its way up to yeah. ominous, right? Like there's a famous saxophone player, tenor sax player, Wild Bill Moore, who does that part of it. it it's a tour de force, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like the song yeah. is. If you just break the song down, I mean, it's like mercy, mercy me, blah blah blah. You know, not blah blah blah, but you know the the verses, and then just this long words, outro, words, 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 blah blah blah. Uh, this outro of like sax and strings and choral. But I really, and us. I really do like the very end where it just starts to fall apart in some ways. Yeah, but it deconstructs. Like it's, it's such a flex. What they did at the end is almost like a. Like an orchestral movement, it sounds like the apocalypse. Yeah, at the it falls end. apart. Like just that, 
Well, it's, it's like a horror movie. It's like a, a horror movie yeah, theme yeah. song. At the, the notes that they hit at the end, which I'm not really sure what they're doing there. They're um, changing keys and getting like, it's de- there's something, I'm not sure exactly, yeah. but it's getting out mm-hmm. of, way, well out of <laughs> but, the it, It's almost like the, the kind of heavenly, like the nature's mm-hmm. chorus. Is yeah. Just yeah, like, it's angelic. That could it's be a Mellotron. Is that vocal or is that, yeah. it sounds like a Mellotron. Like, uh, no, it's it vocal. That's vocals? Andante's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the musical arrangement on this song is Marvin Gaye doing lead and background piano and, oh, it is, Mellotron. Yep. And uh, the Andante's doing additional background vocals, Wild Bill Moore on the sax, David Vandepit, uh, string conduction, and uh, the Funk Brothers on a bunch of other oh, yeah. instrumentation. Oh, yeah. I feel like this um, song should be like, why you should keep white people away from saxophones. Because <laughs> when you hear this, you're like, oh, okay, that's the saxophone. And then you hear the NXS, and you're like, mm, It's not casual. I'm not so <laughs> sure about this. But it, it seems like the end of the earth, basically. Yeah, yeah. At the end of this song. It's just like, yeah. I, like you it's said, dead. Jonathan, I don't have an answer for you. Uh, I just know it's going to be bad. <laughs> it, right. Yeah. Just the, the music as a whole. I love how it's just in the beginning, it's mostly percussion based, you know, and I love that um, that wood knock that's going on that almost sounds like it's underwater, like that. Well, you, you know what that is, right? What yeah. Yeah, just while well, they they were hitting a, a wood block with a rubber mallet, and then just like put a ton of reverb on it. It doesn't change throughout the song. It's just like, uh-huh. I mean, it, but it's so heavy, and like it's I don't know. There's so much going on. You almost don't even need anything but the vocals and like a, a percussion. But but that is what I think gives the song a that and the sax a little bit like a city feel. Puts you in the city. Yeah, almost that percussion yeah, and that sax. Yeah. Those, yeah, like this is the blight on the land. Concrete, mm-hmm. buildings, this and that. There are also things that you don't need an amp for. You can just go out and you hear that a lot, mm-hmm. percussion and saxophone. That's a good observation yourself, oh, Neil. Thank you. There's like every corner there's a dude playing a sax at midnight. And their name is Bleeding Gums Murphy. Oh, my God. Uh, we could have a circle jerk all night about this song, but let's just let's just get boil it down to this. Jonathan, your favorite part of this song? It's almost like monolithic in the sense that like it it just flows so well. It, this whole song's like water. So it's like, what's your favorite part of the water? It's like I don't know. It's kind of all water. The part that makes me the the the, the part that makes the you water the part that, that makes, makes you wet, Josh. <laughs> the part that makes me me. The part that makes what, you what are we like six seventy percent water? I, I, honestly, okay. Let me say the thing that. That I'm almost most impressed by, or what, not impressed, but like the thing that I wouldn't would not have thought of among the many other things is just the way it starts. It's just like bam, you're in it. Oh my god, it sounds you're like you're right in the in middle it. of a jam. Bam, the boom. Because it comes, I think it comes that way out of the album. But it feels like it, it does. just like it's so. But but you're in it, and you feel like you're like, where am I? But you're like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's good. Everything feels. But at the same, things are not good. Yeah, but his vocals are keeping you in that state of mind. Hey, as we said right? before, Josh, singer's gonna sing. <laughs> well, this song on the album comes out of "God Is Love" and then it goes into "Right On," so oh. it kind of comes out oh. and into like pretty just yeah. like vibey jams. <laughs> yeah, so right on, right out. So, so like, what's, right, what, we're done. We're done with that earth. What's shit. a better right medley, on, right this on. or Abbey Road? What's a better album? I like this album more than I like Abbey yeah, Road. Yeah, yeah, this one. Yep. I, I think this is probably, and this is probably top three. I mean, albums I'm to, I'll, I'll go dark side over this album, but there aren't many albums. I'm gonna go over this album. Well, it's just a comment. It's a commentary. I mean, this is 
a commentary on everything about the world from this guy's perspective, and it's done so well. I mean, this is this is as good as anything Dylan could do mm. in terms of commentary. In terms of commentary, Dylan was into commentary. I don't think. I think Dylan was into just describing. He was into commentary early, nah, like his early. Well, well, you're just, right. Then away. It's different. It's way different yeah, than any Dylan I mean, commentary. I think Dylan was more well, specific, any, like 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 the, like fucking the lonesome death of Hattie Carroll. It's, it's more like. There's not yes. many Dylan songs that I put above this. That's for damn sure. Now, Neil, what's your favorite part of the song? Well, I would say just the whole the message as a whole, as I've learned just how pissed he was. And 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 I was gonna say the end too. I love like that they're because the, yeah. the song sounds so happy. You're like, oh, this is about killing Mother Earth. Oh, <laughs> and then but how, they drive it home at the end where they're like, no, it all falls apart, and uh, this sounds like the apocalypse. How many times this week did you tell your wife like, did you know this song was about the fucking killing the Earth? <laughs> Only once. <laughs> and she was like, sexually. not again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she said, what? And I said, never mind. <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like you guys were really vibing. So uh, cue the music in three, two, one. <laughs> well, this is, this is my song, so I'm going to tell you guys when I want to hear this. And you will listen. I want to hear this on a hike. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was laughing. Never I was laughing. I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I was laughing. Just out in nature, just breathing in the fresh air. Mercy, mercy. Josh, mercy. like, I want to hear this one. Hike. Cutting down trees. <laughs> when I'm on the grass. I'm just, <laughs> when I'm just burning shit. <laughs> Logging. When I'm driving my when when I'm driving my '69 <laughs> Ford truck around LA. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan, when do you want to hear "Mercy, Mercy Me"? It's not like a tune where it complements the moment. Like it just becomes the moment. So there again, it kind of doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it when I'm fucking. Drinking and shooting pool because I feel like a fucking asshole for drinking and shooting pool while the earth's falling apart. So I'll tell you when I don't want to. Then hear you it. just want to go do something good. Then I just want to drink more <laughs> to know. fucking calm me out. Like this is like it's not. This isn't party music. I think it works at a grill. I think it works at a grill. I think it works like outside. I think it works shooting pool. I mean, I, I couldn't think of any time I wouldn't want to hear no, this I, because it, it makes does me, it makes sound... me feel irresponsible. Yeah, sure. I, I kind of want to be alone when I hear this. And, that's and for sure. I feel like, but it sounds so good. Like you, it it just has such a cool sound to it that I would uh, listen to. I mean, it I'm not gonna be pull. like fuck this. Turn this. I you mean, don't have to not, like really dive deep into the yes. But I'm just saying that what counteracts that is the sound. I, it's so impactful. You I can't, can't stop. Won't stop. Yeah. No, but it's I just so impactful. See. I can't like get. I I can't write it off. It, this song but is inherently. I think this this works at a bar, at a jukebox, every, everywhere. Like a road trip, anytime, any anytime. Let me ask you this, Jonathan: If this song, if you were at a grill and this song just came on, it was kind of background. You didn't even notice it was on until like halfway through. I'm not. That's my it point. I'm not going to not notice. This song is more important than anything anyone's saying to me. The fucking okay, grill. Okay, that's, that's my fair. Point. That's it's fair. It's so impactful that it's like, oh, I'm sitting here being a dipshit, 
while shit's falling apart. It makes me feel grossly responsible. As it should. That's the point of the song. Well, speaking about feeling grossly irresponsible, let's just dive bomb under the influence tonight and talk about influences, influence moving forward in the past, uh, recommendations, if you like the song. I'll start off since this is my song. Uh, Thanks, guys. It it was obviously um, influenced by the environment and Earth. And the universe. It's influenced by everything uh, that ever has been or ever will be. You know, Pete Seeger. Pete uh, Seeger. Woody Guthrie. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a long line of, of just talking about putting things out in, in that affect uh, humanity. I think this is more bluesy than folky, though. There's a blues. There's a blues. We, yes, but I'm just talking about more. I'm talking about more content. No, no, but even based. with the content, there's a there's a truly a blueness to this. Like, this, he's like, this situation makes me sad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More, more yes. than a technical argumentative. It, this is more emotional. I feel like than folk is what is what as I'm saying. This almost like muddy waters thing about the environment. But we can we could you could probably draw a direct line from Sam Cooke. Um, I was born by the river. Oh, yeah. To this, I was born by the I mean, river. They're, they're... Now it's all polluted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say anything from like this influence anything from you know conscious music moving forward of like. We are the world <laughs> to rage against the machine, we you know, to we Beyonce's are the world to rage against the machine. Lemonade by Beyonce. I mean, anything that you're trying to bring notice to something musically, I think this is this is. You. Yeah. And I can completely agree. Kind of. Uh, I, I was going to say the same thing. It's influenced by like you were going to say Beyonce lemonade. <laughs> you stole it. Um, <laughs> no, influenced by just idiot humans and our disregard for the planet. And along those lines, just other artists that I love that have sang similar songs or have something to do with like nature, like uh, Neil Young after the Gold Rush, talking about Mother Nature. Robert Goulet. Um, <laughs> um, and I feel like it's um, it's almost a direct, it's almost a direct response to Louis. What a wonderful world and its blue skies. Oh, like, where, I like where, that. Where are they? I also like I like I like the Louis comp, and I also like you. Basically, were like this was influenced by the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> you said the universe. <laughs> I did. Show me a song that was. Show me a Jonathan, song. Jonathan, what you got? I, I want to hear a song where the universe has had no effect on it. Um, like, the, like the laws see. of physics have no application to the tape or recording or sound or anything. Anyway, yeah. So, um, it sounds uh, long December by. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be a real long December for you, Jeff. Um, I don't even know what that means, but if you say anything with that tone, it sounds like suggestive. Um, <laughs> um, to me, it, it feels very Curtis Mayfield uh, inspired. Uh, certainly. It, but Mayfield would be after this, not right? The, not the impressions. Like, with people get ready. People get ready. There's a train to come in and all that stuff. Like, it's, it's, mm, gotcha, that gotcha. Social, it's socially. Okay. This song speaks like to the humanity of it, it. It's just it's so it's almost like primitive in its concern, but it's done in such a smooth yeah. way that it's it's just crazy. And it, I mean, I think this kind of stuff probably more than any other like R and B or Motown would have led and been influent, influential on like grunge and Pearl Jam and that socially consciousness of all that stuff Going that is hungry. not. Yeah, but that exactly that yeah. it's not just like where the yeah. songs are like fuck it, man. We were born in World War Two. We got bombed. We're gonna party our fucking asses off. This this is more of a 
and it, and it led to the I think the socially consciousness the uh, kind of whole movement like it's where it's like it became yeah. popular as well as it should be I mean anything can be overdone and but you don't know where the line is to you cross it but like you know it it made social consciousness and awareness important and cool it made it real fucking cool absolutely and and we should mention that this on the like Rolling Stone did, redid their 500 greatest albums of all time, and this was number one. This I'd album. still put it behind Dark Side, <laughs> and would probably still put it behind Dark Side as well. Uh, and speaking of Dark Side, why don't we uh, slip under the covers and talk about the covers of this song, Jonathan? I know you listen to a lot, but keep it keep it short. How many? I mean, if I carry the one, and then the. the, the Zero. I mean, I'm not. Who am I listening to? Who's, who's going to cover this song besides us? <laughs> well, you're, you're going to love who covered this song. Oh, God. Yes. Because. Uh, <laughs> no, I was pleasantly but, surprised that the Strokes covered it in 2006 oh, with Eddie Vedder and Josh Holm. Got. Okay. Yes. With Eddie Vedder and Fine. Josh Holm. I mean, I, I mean, that doesn't mean like it's, it's okay. It's fine. It's nothing special. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's, they okay, do something okay. different let's with just be, it. Let's be musically. Nothing about this song plays to any of their strings. That's why they no, do it. it, it it's <laughs> not. It's <laughs> a little awkward. Right, that's, it's a little I'm awkward. I'm sure it is. Neil, Neil, wait a second. Wait a second. Jonathan, we know you're going to be skeptical. Neil, what did you actually think about that cover? Um, I liked it a lot because I was like, this is the Strokes, and then someone started singing, and I realized it was Eddie, and I was like... Well, Eddie um, sings the first part. And I just yeah. like the novelty of it. I don't... I'm, I'll listen to it from time to time because it is some of my favorite artists, but I didn't think it was amazing by any means. I wasn't like, oh my God, they totally crushed okay, let's that. be clear. It's just like, I, oh, that's cool. They did it. Is it any better than a non-famous band doing it? it, it it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's awkward. But I'd never, now, I, I can't believe I'd never heard that. There's a couple other covers. We should go over it. There's, there's the Robert Palmer cover. Please stop. Which is a medley with I Want You, which want just you. feels like, you're in Miami, which is another Marvin Gaye hit called I Want You. Uh, well, um, um, the Robert Palmer version I actually had on. I was doing something else, and then halfway through, I was like, oh, my God, please stop this now. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> well, it's all because it's, it's Mercy, Mercy Me, and then he goes in, I want you, and then he goes back. It, it, it feels like you're on a boat in Miami with, like, no buttons. Doing buttons cocaine, your, talking about the like, environment. Yes. <laughs> and... There is a Michael McDonald uh, retired cruise ship ah, version. Oh, no, that I would like to hear. Oh, my, no, you nah, wouldn't. It is nah. just so retired. How did you guys hear ship. this like, Strokes version? I can't even find it. Spotify. Um, I'm looking on Spotify. And then there, there's a there was uh, a recent on, one done this year by YouTube. like a by a modern artist called Lucky Day, and he uses auto tune, and it may be good, but once I heard auto tune in the song, I'm like, I'm out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fuck off. Fucking sing this song. Don't auto-tune this fucking shit. I actually couldn't believe more people didn't cover this. Well, let, let's talk about um, how the shoe fits. And I am going to tell you that the shoe fits like the best, most comfortable pair of hiking boots I could buy. How much do you hike? <laughs> well, I mean, I do a lot of walking in the hills, man. We're, um, we're, we're on the same page, Josh. You mean up huh? in the driveway? That's not a hike. I don't. My I don't have a driveway. I have a street. Well, you have always on your doorstep. Like that's not exactly. And I and I've done a lot of hiking in my life. You I've been to Mongolia to hike. You flew over there. You didn't I've hike been to Patagonia. Yeah, but I hiked for a week Mongolia. when I got there. I climbed. Yes, I climbed please, mountains in Neil, Mongolia. Please use the picture of Josh in Mongolia with the falcon as our fucking like. 
promotion for this. It's so Sweet. fantastic. Sweet. Mercy, mercy, media <laughs> ecology. Josh. Yes, yes. That's uh, that's at Joe Harbo on Instagram if you want to check it out. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan, how does the shoe fit for you? It feels like some fucking well-made synthetic leather loafers because like, I cannot wear real leather wearing listening to this song. I feel like a fucking <laughs> asshole. Synthetic oh. loafers. Oh, uh, Neil, Neil, what you got? Well, I was going to tell you, uh, I'm going to get my hiking boots out too and join you on that hike, buddy. Oof. <laughs> Neil, I can't wait. Let, let's, let's tank top yeah, it. Send me a picture. Uh, 70, 70 short shorts. Uh, and really expensive hiking boots. I love boots. it. And right up. I love it. That, like, that's like the right LA up, right. interpretation. Of, I, I just been this Marvin Gaye. I just want to go out for a hike in Beachwood and get uh-huh. back to nature uh, get in Beachwood. Gucci, Gucci fanny pack. It's a thong <laughs> that just fits right between your ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> that holds my Where no wallet. one's going to go for a fucking uh, pickpocket. <laughs> And on that note, uh, <laughs> our cover of Marvin Gaye's Mercy, Mercy, Me. cover you just heard was performed by josh bond and jonathan horton thanks for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you please subscribe and rate on apple and spotify you can find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock next week is neil's week so neil what will we be discussing uh we're gonna talk about the wind cries mary from Jimi hendrix can't wait <laughs>